Are you ready to get detailed? And I mean a specific checklist of what you can do to get more referrals faster. Well, today's episode is exactly that. My guest, financial planner extraordinaire, Jeremy Kyle of Kyle Financial Partners is walking us through some very specific things that he has done with his marketing to get this, triple his referrals in 12 months. Yes, you heard me correctly, just one year. You will walk away from this episode with what you need to do first before you do any marketing with specific examples, costs, website, result stuff, all the things that Jeremy has used to contribute to his marketing success. He'll share what his marketing funnel looks like and how he has made it crazy easy for his clients to share him with his ideal client avatar. And he'll give three specific tactics you don't want to miss. Let's dive right into this conversation. And hey, I'm Libby Grywe. I built a seven-figure referral-only practice while working only three days a week as a solo advisor, and I am committed to sharing with you the best ideas from the industry on how to grow and scale your financial planning business without overwhelm and stress. And I want to help you just create systems and processes to help you scale and ideas. You know, I'm committed to a podcast that has an ROI. I believe listening should have a direct rate of return for you. So I'm committed to bringing you podcasts that have just a chock full of implementable ideas. And man, is this what we have for you today. So if you're in that place where you've grown your business, you know what you're doing, you know how to financial plan, you've got clients, you've got revenue, and you're just in that place where you're like, this business that I built for freedom and flexibility, I love it. And it's kind of at the same time starting to kill me. And I just want to have leftover energy and attention span and bandwidth for my family at the end of the day and at the end of the week. Well, this is the right podcast for you. Welcome. And let's dive right in. All right, Jeremy Kyle, CFP, CFA, let's see all the things, CIMA, CLTC, CHFC, CLU, RICP, Certified Kingdom Advisor, and a National Social Security Advisor Certificate. He is a retirement-focused financial planner with Kyle Financial Partners and host of the Retirement Revealed blog and podcast, of which I am a huge fan. So I have known Jeremy for a really long time. I'm going to guess, Jeremy, it's probably been... 18 years, maybe. That sounds right. And I think every time I bumped into you, you had acquired at least seven new maybe designations since I had <laughs> talked to you the last time. I, I really want to see at some point what your business card looks like with all those letters on it. It's probably like four or five lines of just little letter letters. Yeah. That's why you got a legal, legal size documents now. <laughs> that's right. So needless to say, you're a really smart dude. And I think what's going to be super valuable today for advisors listening is to show them that even for someone who is cr as crazy smart as Jeremy, right? You're a, fi a fantastic financial planner, super smart. It all 
still comes down to at the end of the day, it all boils down to client experience and marketing. So Jeremy's marketing strategy changed and it literally tripled his referrals in 12 months. So that is what we're going to be talking about and what he's going to be sharing with us today. So Jeremy, welcome. I am so glad to have you here. Let's dive in. I know the thing people will be hyper-focused to after listening to the intro will be that I mentioned your referrals tripling in literally a 12 month window. So people are wanting to know, okay, what were you doing? What changed? What are you doing now? What are you doing? That's working so incredibly well. So welcome. I'm so glad to have you here and to talk about this. Thanks Libby. I've been a um, big fan of everything you're doing. So thanks for the honor of having me on the show. Woohoo. So tell us uh, a little bit about what was this pivotal marketing? Give us your kind of overall philosophy. Just walk us through what you were doing before, what you're doing now. Cause I know people are like, okay, no fluff Libby. Let's just jump right into like the, what is he doing? That's working. <laughs> yeah. I suppose uh, I, I was thinking through here. I'm going to tell people to quit marketing and start branding or at least do the branding before you do the marketing. Right. Okay. Uh, so def- define that for us. That's exactly by that. <laughs> sure. So many people want to do marketing, like just give me leads, give me clients but they have no idea who they want to reach or why they even are wanting to reach them at all. And I'll hear typically uh, where people say, Oh, well, yeah, I've, I've got it. I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the million dollar person who is willing to take my advice. Like that's their, <laughs> that's their ideal client, which really means I want rich people that are easy to sell. Yes. And I just don't think that's like an actual target market that, that exists. Uh, maybe it exists, but uh, good luck defining it on there. So before you market, you need to focus on your brand, then your message, and then you market. So think of it in that order, branding, messaging, marketing. And so some definitions for you, branding is who you are and who you serve. Messaging is what you say to who you serve. And marketing is how do you find who you serve? So think of it, those three words in that order. Okay. And I love that. So I call this kind of the eye roll um, part of, so in our group coaching program, we spend the whole first month or two kind of peeling back and doing some of this foundational work. And I'll tell you every time I kind of lay out the framework for advisors, I get that, like, uh, kind of like, I know this is stuff that I need to do, but like, this isn't the stuff that's going to move me forward. Like I want the systems. I want the processes. I want to, you know, what's the tips and tricks. How am I going to get better, faster, smarter? And, um, so I'm really glad that you bring this up because I think it's so critical to have an ideal client avatar, to know exactly who you're speaking to, um, and to really be able to understand what are their needs, right? So it's not always just about you as the advisor. It's about what does this group of people collectively, whether that's, I mean, in an ICA, a a target market, a niche, it could be an age. It could be people dealing with a particular problem. It could be people within the same corporation. It could be, I don't know, um, geographic, it could be psychographics. There's a lot of different ways to define niche. Um, so I'm curious a little bit about what your niche is and how you found it. And then what are kind of the problems that you're solving for? So I'm a big believer. And if you haven't listened anybody to episode number 10, if you need help with an ICA episode of 10 of the efficient advisor podcast is creating a laser focused marketing message that speaks directly to your ideal client. There's a worksheet that goes along with it that walks you through it step-by-step. But, um, every single person I talk to, that's a super successful advisor mentions this idea of niche. So tell me a little bit kind of about yours and what you've learned about them and what is it that they need from you and what's kind of the transformation or how do you then drive all of your efforts towards 
that particular client. Yeah. And I th- you said something, you might've heard it wrong, but I feel like you said that it's not actually so much about who you are, but it's who you want to serve. And it is actually a bit about who you are. And I'm thinking specifically, the best example I can think of is that CFP commercial campaign where they were having someone dressed up in a suit and tie. And then the, the prospective clients came in and then he just used a bunch of buzzwords and people were maybe saying yes to him. And then they revealed he's a DJ. He's not a CFP. And the whole point of that was you should, you know, go past the suit and tie and the, and the looks, and then, you know, find someone that's legit and CFP is the way to be legit. And I think there's nothing wrong with a DJ being a financial advisor, right? Uh, Except why is he wearing a suit and tie? And why is he not serving the people in the entertainment industry? Like that's, that's great. Just know who you are in his case. He's a DJ. Maybe he wants to become a financial advisor, use his experience of who he is, be true to who he is. Don't wear a suit and tie and go target the people that kind of like that stuff. So yeah, think about your brand as in uh, who you are. So like for me, I'm, I'm just a complete finance nerd. I love helping people. It, when I was growing up, I used to do all these math logic puzzles. Like that was my fun. And so I, I figure uh, for me, retirement planning is just like a math logic puzzle that just helps people, right? And, and so the people I serve are the people that need that, that puzzle solved. And so these people are facing retirement decisions, especially pension, especially social security, especially uh, employer stock. And what do you do with 401ks and things like that? So that's, that's my brand. That's kind of who I am. That's who I'm going after. And my, my messaging has nothing to do with public loan forgiveness, term insurance, saving $50 a month, nothing to do with that. It's all about lump sum pension offers, Medicare, maximize your retirement income, lower your taxes in retirement. It's all the messages that, that hit those people that I'm trying uh, to serve. And then for my marketing, like everyone I talk to or want to talk to is over 50 plus and they're on Facebook, like people under 30 or not people over 50 are on Facebook. So you do things on Facebook and they're, they're researching advisors online. So you do things to get your name out there online. Yeah. And so when I say it's about them, it's, um, branding, obviously, yeah, about you, but marketing, do you, do you focus mainly on, the message is right. So having that ICA, knowing what it is that they're struggling with, knowing what they're Googling, knowing uh, what their needs are, what their concerns are, what their fears are, how they're making buying decisions. Um, and of course, weaving your brand into that. So what have you kind of identified as your ideal client? And I know you shared with me, they're, they're kind of two main things that it boils down to that they're looking for. And that's kind of how you've established your marketing plan to speak directly to that. Yeah. And, uh, you got uh, a few things that are maybe the psychological, a lot of these people are, they don't want to miss out on anything. Like they have this one shot at their pension, their social security, their Medicare decisions. They don't want to miss out on anything. And so I've got a, a guidebook that takes people through a lot of those things. It's six questions retirees aren't asking, but should be. So it addresses like that kind of thought in their mind. Like, I don't want to miss out. Okay, here you go. We've helped people out before. Here's the things you want to look at. So you don't miss out. They're also wondering who do, who do you trust? Cause they probably haven't had a financial advisor or they've just had a financial salesperson. And so they're wondering, how do I find a good financial advisor? So we have a guidebook for that too. Three things you should know before hiring a financial advisor. And so we're, we're understanding what it is they want and creating the content to help address those, those issues and questions that they have. And how long would you say it took you to really kind of hone that message and to kind of boil it down to those two basic you know, basic yet not basic, simple needs that your clients have that I don't want to miss something. And I don't know who to trust. 
how, how did you distill that those were kind of the two primary objectives? Was it just listening to what your clients were saying or how, how else would you say you kind of narrowed it down to those needs? Yeah. Well, you definitely want to listen. And it was helpful for me that I have a company proud mouth that helped me do my branding and now they mm. produce my podcast and things like that. So they guided me through their uh, process, uh, asking kind of their discovery questions, just like we would do for uh, one of our clients on there. But I'd say if I had a, the one activity that helped the most is while I, before I was going through, I was kind of in this process with proud mouth of, you know, what's my niche? Who do I want to serve? You got to look at really who do you already work with? And so I looked at that and that's kind of a typical thing supposed to, you know, look at your clients and separate them out by age and assets and that kind of stuff. I separated them out by the age when they joined me and the reason they joined me. And so who cares if your client's 70 right now and they have a million bucks, what age did they join you? Why did they join you? Maybe even what assets they bring along at that exact point in time. So I went through that, the prior like five or six years worth of clients that had come on board and it broke down into almost exactly 50-50 of two reasons that they came through. And the first people were like 52, 53, and it was just them getting ready for retirement. And I figured the trigger, there's almost always a trigger. The trigger for them is that they turned 50 and they probably freaked out about that. Their kids got out of college or out of high school and they realized they only have 10 years left until they have retirement. So you spent the last 25 or 30 years taking care of your kids. You realize you only have 10 years left to take care of yourself before retirement. And so those are the triggers to say, let's, let's just get ready for retirement. Then there's a lot of people that showed up around 62 and they have a retirement date in mind. Like there's nothing more they can do. Like they've saved (laughs) and they know I'm retiring no matter what, but they want to make the best of it. So, um, the first people were just kind of getting ready for retirement. The uh, second one, we call them imminent retirees. Like that is, they're, they're, they're coming up soon. I love that. So I love that you didn't just look at your book and where it is right now, but really kind of what was the precipice of people coming to you and your practice? And how can I speak to those people knowing then that I'll just continue to retain them and continue to work with them throughout that time. So would you say your two, the two main messages that I don't want to miss out on something and I'm wondering who to trust, is that where the vast majority of your marketing speaks to? I'd say, uh, yes. Yeah. It comes, that's, uh, those are the questions I'm solving for people or trying to answer for people that the solving is how do I retire and, and what do I do on there? And we created a process for that. So we have the five-step retirement process. You can go to fivestepretirementplan.com and check it out. You can spell it out or use the number, but five-step retirement plan is how people can uh, check that out. And we guide people through that. That's what we do for our clients. Uh, I read somewhere that people want to know what's your doing process and what's your buying process. So that five-step retirement plan is our doing process. That's how we go about answering the questions for these retirees. And then as far as the the buying process, uh, we spell it on our website that you have a quick call with us, have a meeting with us. We'll quote you a fee. And then we start working together. So they know there's no surprises. They know how it's going to, going to work. Okay. I, I love that. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of being like very specific and I know you and I talked ahead of time and we've got some kind of specific, just really specific advice for advisors, um, based on the experience that you've had by, okay, I made this fundamental shift. 
Um, and I started doing things a little differently and literally within a year, my referrals tripled. So I hear having a ICA here, I hear you having like lead magnets and a very specific messaging. And I, I will obviously I'll drop the link for the five-step retirement plan in the show notes. So you've got this really defined process that you're delivering. So let's talk then about marketing the time. How are you literally going tomorrow? Like time, money, how did you really dramatically change what you were doing before to what you're doing now? Yeah. So I'll say with the, uh, the referrals specifically. So I switched from a, a captive career insurance broker dealer area to being uh, part of an independent channel. And so that allowed me to do my own website. And so having my own website meant I could uh, control the messaging and control, especially, uh, how people interact with that. And the number one thing people need to keep in mind with their website is the entire goal is to capture their email. You know, you're having 2000 people on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever is meaningless. Having 2000 people on your email list is absolutely huge. And so you want to have people's email. And the only way they will give you your email is if you give them some sort of value. And typically that value in the marketing world is called a lead generating PDF, where it's a guidebook. It's saying, or it's a video course. It's some sort of thing where people say that's solving the, or answering the questions I have. And so I want to hear about it and I'm willing to give you my email to find out. And so that's, that's what we did. We created those guidebooks, the six questions, the three things we've got our five-step uh, video course on there where people can hand over their email so that we can give them great value. And now that we have their email, we send them a nurture sequence where here's, you know, five other things that are valuable to you. And the last email that comes through is, would you like to book a time with us? And then of course we have their email. So now they are getting our podcast announcements every single week. They're getting an email from us saying, here's the newest and latest podcast. And so it's a, amazing. It's not like we did a referral focus, but all the marketing we did on brand new people trying to find brand new people made it a lot easier for our clients to refer to us. Cause it's a lot easier for our clients to say, go check out my advisor's podcast than it is to say, you should give my financial advisor a call. And it's a lot easier for me to know people are referring. When I get an email through that says, you know, it's from AT&T or Harley Davidson or We Energies or Abbott or Wells Fargo, all these companies that I have a lot of clients with. When I see that email come through, I pay special attention to those ones. And so we can reach out to those people even more directly and personally than just the nurture sequence. But exactly that, where our referrals tripled in that first year. And when we called people and we talked to the referrals, what happened is uh, they'd said, oh, my friend told me I should give you a call. Well, they didn't give me a call. They went to my website. They downloaded something. They watched the video. They put their email in. And they still didn't respond to our emails. But I saw their email and that it was a, a company that is probably a referral and then we sent them a personal email and then they started responding uh, to that. And so the, the email capture is what allowed us to reach out more to the, the prospects and the referred people and the, uh, the value that we're adding on the website made it a lot easier for the clients to say, Hey, go check out this podcast or go check out this video course, whatever it is. Okay. I love it. So I just did a podcast with, um, a woman named Olivia Looper on nurture sequences. And I was curious about yours. Is it all text? Is it video? Are there additional PDFs and supporting documents? What does, what does that nurture sequence look like? 
Yeah, the first thing you do is you send out immediately whatever it is they wanted. So we send them out immediately their first guidebook or the video course. And then you send them some other materials. Like if you were interested in that, you might be interested in this thing. And then you do some different things that Donald Miller story brand, I try to follow his framework. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it is. uh, But one of the things I remember is that he wants you to overcome an objection. Like uh, one of the the nurture sequences should be, um, you know, what does it look like if you meet with a financial advisor? You know, this is what it looks like. This is what it costs. And it just overcomes that objection of, I don't want to call you because I have to bring in my tax return. You know, I don't want to uh, meet with you because it's going to cost me $500. Like you overcome whatever the objections you're maybe hearing from people that uh, don't show up at your door. And of course, if they don't show up at your door, you have to kind of guess <laughs> a little bit <laughs> at that, but just think through like, why would people not be uh, showing up and, and learning more about you and overcome an objection as part of that nurture sequence? Yeah. And I'm going to imagine kind of your mindset behind it is I'm going to give, 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 and give some more without asking until very, that very last email, mm-hmm. of a, Hey, I've provided some value to you. What, is, what does that language look like? If you're, if you're willing to share. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to pull it up, I suppose. And look at it. You mean I, you don't have your nurture sequence. I memorized? don't have my nurture sequence memorized, <laughs> but it's uh, it's hope you enjoyed the stuff. If you'd like to meet with me, here's the, you know, here's the link. You know, it's mm-hmm. just pretty simple. I figure that the less is better. Well, number one, you want to be talking to people directly. Don't say like many people want to meet with us. And in general, they are asking these questions. <laughs> it's like you, it's direct. You write it as if you're talking to one specific you know, person like, Hey, Libby, hope you enjoyed the, the information I sent you. If you want to meet with me, it's, you know, click this link. It's just so quick and simple and easy. The, the less is more. Is, is really it with that. Okay. I love it. So owning your email list. So I, I love what you're saying about not ha- having all these followers on different platforms. One thing that I have found, or at least in all of the research as I've been continuing to grow and learn in this whole marketing arena is the idea that you always own that email list so that you can do whatever you want, where Facebook can change the algorithm in a heartbeat and only show a certain amount of things, a certain amount of people, or Instagram can kind of change the way that they've decided how they're going to do it. And there's a lot of like guessing with when are you people going to be on and um, what's the best time to post. And there's a lot of kind of like rigmarole that you have to go mm-hmm. through in order for it to be really effective. And email being kind of like, hey, no matter what, I've got this, I've got their names, I've got their emails. Um, I can kind of do it whenever, wherever, and however I want. And there's a one-to-one guarantee that they are going, this email, if I send it, will land in their inbox. Obviously we can't control open rates and stuff. I mean, I guess there's things we can do to influence open rates, Um, but the email is definitely going to get to them and it's definitely going to be, uh, have a much higher likelihood of being seen than a Facebook campaign or something along those lines. So what other things do you do to drive um, people to your email list? I know you have the lead magnets, but let's talk to me about SEO. What are their kind of marketing? I know you've got your podcast or a little bit about that. Tell me more. Yeah. I mean, the number one thing is going to be the lead magnet because if people, people show up at your website, you have to give them a reason to give you their email address and things like that. But a few things that are maybe just quick and easy for people. Uh, there's a company called Moe's and Moe's.com and they've got a service called Moe's local. And what they do is they take your information that you give them and they just put it everywhere. Like they make sure that your Facebook and your MapQuest and your Apple Maps and your Yelp and all those things are exactly the same. 
because Google thinks you're legit if everywhere says the same thing and everywhere points to your website. So it's less than $200. I forget exactly, but make sure that all the information you have is correct where it's retirement investment and tax planning everywhere. So when people are searching for retirement investment and tax planning, and there's 30 sites that point back to mine that say uh, kylefp.com retirement investment and tax planning, then the right people uh, show up at your door uh, because you've, you've got that. And Google likes you better because they figure if 30 places are saying the same thing, then it's a, you, you have a legit website. So that's one thing to do. And you can do that if you're an Ameriprise advisor or a thriving advisor or captive somehow in any way where you can't control your own website, you can at least control the things that are on your website. Everywhere else is correct. I mean, even just the Google maps and the Apple maps, like people should be able to find you and, <laughs> and using Mo's to get, uh, get your information correct on, on the maps is a, is a great thing. That's a big help. And that's so cheap and easy. And if you do control your website, uh, having some sort of search engine optimization uh, is vitally important if you want to start ranking higher and have people find you naturally. And it's going to cost money. It's going to cost you at least $750 a month uh, to do that, probably more like 2000 even. Uh, so you might not be willing to invest that. But here's the quickest, easiest, free thing you can do on your website. Uh, Google it. Look at what uh, is called a meta description and a title tag. And I'll talk about the title tag specifically. Uh, the title tag is really just like uh, maybe a five-word summary of what you do. Uh, the meta description is more like a, a, a sentence or two description of what you do on there. But the title takes especially, go to your website right now and scroll over kind of the top left in your, uh, or like the top of the page. Mm -hmm. It's um, like the tab. And it's going to say what your title tag is. And so most people, they go to the homepage of the website and the homepage title tag says home. Like no one is looking for home. Uh, then you go to your team and it says about us. No one is Googling about us and finding you. And even if they were Googling about us, there's 500 other people that are doing the same thing. So you're not going to rank anywhere good. So you have to create something. So uh, our homepage says Milwaukee retirement and financial advisors. Like, because that's what people it, are typing into the search engine, right? Yes. It, yeah. <laughs> we're retirement and financial advisors. We're in Milwaukee. Like that's what people are looking for. And real quick, I, I told my uh, SEO person, Hey, we're a financial planner. That's what we do. We do financial planning. He said, wonderful. Uh, eight times as many people search for financial advisor than financial planning. So online you are a financial advisor. So that's fine. Like that's, Great. that's what people are looking for. So I will be a financial advisor online. And so it says financial advisor on my uh, about page. And even on our about page, it doesn't say about fi uh, Kyle financial partners. It says your Milwaukee retirement and financial advice team. Right? It says that kind of stuff. It doesn't say about us or who we are. You know, that's, that's quick and easy. You can do that yeah. one real, real easy. Yeah. And I love that. And something, um, you know, I, I learned recently too, is when you type in, like, what would a client normally type into Google when you type it in at the very bottom, it also gives you 10 other recommendations of other things that people are looking for, what right. other language phrases that they're using. So mm -hmm. yeah, you might type in financial planner and it might say, you know, looking for, how do I know if I have a, what's a good financial planner in Milwaukee, you know, or, you know, right. so you can use all these other things that can become blog titles that can become, um, you know, weaved within your SEO all over your webpage, your social media, et cetera. So 
Okay. I love that. So you just saved people a ton of money by just having them just update their meta description or their title. That's all you got to do. I mean, that's going to take care of like 80% of it. And yes, it's nice <laughs> to do the SEO and I'm doing it because I'm trying to get to first pages and a bunch of different stuff. Another one is to uh, claim your Google, my business. And so many places, Google finds out you exist. They'll create their own page uh, for you. So just search yourself. And on the right-hand side where it pulls up the Google kind of description of it, uh, it'll say, own this business, claim it. Well, clearly, if it says that, you haven't claimed it yet. So claim your Google My Business, and that way you own what Google thinks is going on. And then you can use the mos.com, the Mo's local package to, to make sure it's showing up um, in the, the right way for you. Okay. I love that. So tell me more about the podcast and sort of what, how, what's the function of it for you? How do you use it? I know we talked and you shared a whole bunch of ideas. So if you don't, if you don't share them, I'm going to make you, but, um, tell me a little bit about sort of where did it come from? Why are you doing it? How much time do you spend on it and how it has, has it impacted your referrals and just your planning practice in general? Yeah. I just like educating people. I figure the more, you know, about your money, the better you'll feel about your money and you'll make better money decisions, which right there, that's basically my tagline that I use during the podcast. <laughs> I just love to do it. I've uh, taught college courses. I've done over a hundred seminars and a podcast is a way to, to just do that without being live. Um, and I just had so many topics, so many things I wanted to get out there that op starting the podcast allowed me, uh, allow me to do that. And we start off, you want to start off a little small. And so I was doing every other week uh, for the podcast. Then I was looking at, we were growing and uh, seeing kind of some goals. And I looked at it, the top 10 retirement podcasts, they all do weekly. Uh, and so I thought, well, if I want to compete and, and be in that conversation, I need to go uh, weekly as well. So uh, last September, we're about seven, eight months into it. I started going uh, weekly. And another reason too, that my list of things to talk about was just getting so long. And if you're curious about what to talk about, listen to your clients. And when they have questions, write it down uh, and uh, read the literature. Like if you're not reading the Kitsis Nerds Eye View Friday uh, weekend reading, if you're not reading the journal financial planning or things that the Investments of Wealth Institute put up, that's just me for retirement planning stuff. Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you doing to uh, increase your awareness? Actually, the number one place, number two place, top two places. Here, I'll give you number one. The number one place <laughs> where I got information or ideas on what to talk about is the AARP. You do not have to be 50 or older to join the AARP. <laughs> Anyone can do it for 10 bucks. I joined the AARP. I get their magazine. I get their newspaper. These are the things my clients are reading. So whatever your niche is, figure out what your clients are reading. If a journalist thought it was worthy enough to make it to this magazine that goes to 5 million people, clearly it's a question that a lot of people have. And so I get so many podcast topic ideas just by paying attention to the things that my clients are reading and looking at and just start talking about it in the podcast. Okay. So I, I fully expect at some point a photo of you in like these big fuzzy socks, drinking hot cocoa in your family room, reading AARP. <laughs> Yep. The fireplace is on. <laughs> your, it happens. With your small children running around. <laughs> it's exactly it. It happens. Okay. So I, I love that. And how do your clients listen to your podcast? Or do you use it as a lead generator? Tell me how it functions within your business. Sure. Well, the only way to get it as a lead generator is if you give people a call to action to show up at your website. And then when they show up at your website, there's a place that grabs their email. 
And so uh, I probably went a year and a half without that. Uh, and I thought, Hey, if I'm spending all this time and money and effort, I better actually have some sort of lead generating thing going on. And so I, that's what really prompted me to start the five step retirement plan.com. So I cut in real quick with a 30 second ad for myself saying, if you love the topics, if you're curious about how to take this information and apply it to yourself, uh, go to five step retirement plan.com, check out our free video series. We'll send you five emails with videos that are three minutes long. So you can just learn how to go about managing your retirement. And so they only get that if they go to the website and then give us your email. And so now they're on our email uh, nurture sequence. And so there's people that are doing that. And, and one part of it is booking a time on our calendar and people are booking times on the calendar. So that's, that's what you do. You basically advertise for yourself on your podcast. Well, and I love what I love about podcasts is that it kind of lives in perpetuity where like a, uh, like a Facebook post or even a really great video kind of lives for a moment. Otherwise mm -hmm. people have to search and search really hard where a podcast, you know, people can very easily when they find you scroll back and essentially binge all of your content. The other thing yeah. I like about it is that it's so easy to share. So do you find that a lot of your clients or listeners are sharing your podcast with other people and that's how they're coming to you as well? Yes. That's what makes, that's what really made it so much easier for people to refer to me. There's one client in particular where I did a podcast and she was telling me, oh yeah, I sent uh, episode 26 to these people. I had no idea what episode 26 was. So I looked it up <laughs> and that was her favorite episode. And so she just sends out episode 26 to the people that she's talking to. And it's really easy for her because it's, if you're talking at uh, the picnic at your company and you say, you should call my financial advisor, you don't remember my phone number. Uh, maybe they remember, go check out kylefp.com, but it's a lot easier to say, go to retirement-reveal.com. Like people can remember that. And that mm -hmm. pulls up my podcast. And for her, it's apparently she's really good at remembering that podcast episode. And she <laughs> sends out the direct link to that podcast episode because that was her, her favorite one. And so the, the podcast is just a, a way easier way for your clients to refer you. It's an easier way to educate your clients. Uh, our clients are getting an email every single week with our podcast and they're responding back like, oh, thank you for this uh, topic of Medicare. And then it's so helpful because it replicates yourself in so many different ways. So when a client emails in and asks questions about Medicare or estate planning, I don't have to type out a new paragraph. I say, great, check out this podcast. Let me know if you have any questions. And they have the, the Medicare series. They have the estate planning series. John, my other advisor, he can do the same thing. Brad, who's kind of our salesperson who has his series 65 and was a banking salesperson for 35 years in his career, but is not a financial advisor when he's on the phone with somebody and they say, oh yeah, I called because I had questions about uh, social security and uh, rolling money out of my 401k. Awesome. I'll send you some great resources. He doesn't have to know a thing about those two areas. He just has to know how to uh, type that into our website and send out the exact uh, podcast that, that talk to it directly. And so it, it saves yourself time. It replicates yourself. It educates your clients. It's great. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then tell me, did you have a barrier with your clients being retirees and maybe podcasting, not necessarily being their primary source of receiving information? Was there much of a barrier or was it a pretty simple thing to get over? Uh, it's simple because I use Proudmouth that helps me out. So they, uh, submit my podcast to like every single place. So it doesn't matter if you're on Apple or Google or whatever. They also throw it onto YouTube and it's really easy to click a link. And so many people are watching videos on YouTube, like the, 
the people that are 50 plus that are watching videos on, on YouTube, they just click a link and they pull up the YouTube, which is just my logo playing the audio. And so we haven't done the video thing yet, but it's there. They can listen to it. It's on my website. So you can just click through the website and listen to it directly uh, on the website. And the pandemic helped because everyone 50 plus that has a grandkid got very technically savvy because they want to be able to FaceTime their grandkid. <laughs> and so that helped out, uh, helped out a ton. Yeah. And I know we've been talking a lot about podcasting because that's your particular medium of choice, but really what I hear you saying is having some form of, I don't know if it doesn't have to be long form content, but some sort of content that you're putting out on a consistent basis. I think consistent is probably the operating, the operative word there. Um, that you can refer back to that you can use that speaks directly to your ICA. So even if people listening are like, Oh, I could never, you know, podcast. That's just not my jam. There's so many other ways, whether it's LinkedIn articles, whether it's having a blog, um, whether it's a video show on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, um, that you can do all of these things with that you can continue to use in perpetuity, sending links to clients and such. Um, so thank you so much for sharing a lot of the detail about the podcast. Now for someone getting just kind of revamping their whole marketing strategy. So they've been doing like maybe the whole, like, I just ask for referrals and meetings, uh, where, where would you suggest, or how, how did you educate yourself? Like, where did you learn? Like, okay, I want to do this and this is how I want to do it. And I know you had shared with me, uh, just an amazing quote that I wanted to make sure we brought up the, the know-it-all one. Okay. Yeah. Share that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're going there, I think, okay, what, what did I accidentally really say that was smart? It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just love learning and I mean, Google's your, Google's your friend, you know, the kids, this platform's your friend. When it comes to podcasting, I learned so much on marketing, uh, from the 10 X, uh, talk park podcasts and, um, Joe Polish and, um, Dan Sullivan, the things that they're talking about, um, the proud mouth podcast where they're, they're talking about just specifically to financial advisors. So just listen to others that have been there before and be curious about it and, and learn that way. So that was a, that's a great thing. And then I felt like a responsibility. I mean, I'm, I'm reading this stuff. I'm spending so much time reading blogs and listening to podcasts. And I just got so excited. I wanted to share it, uh, with my, my business team, with, with other advisors, things like that. Uh, somebody I talked to what you're talking about there, um, they call me a know-it-all once and I kind of stung for a second. And then I thought, wait a second, you, that's calling me the know-it-all you spend like an hour a day on, you know, fantasy football and Facebook and Yahoo at the office. And I spend like an hour a day on financial advisor blogs and podcasts and reading the CFP journals and things like that outside the office. So really like the know-it-all is the person that doesn't think they can learn anymore. And so I realized, okay, I'm a, I'm a learn it all. I'm just trying to learn all of it. And I just got so excited about what I learned. I was, became a share it all. I just want to share it with people. Like here's the great resources. Why would I try to hide it from others? Yeah. Okay. I love, I just love, I loved when you said that when we were chatting and I was like, oh, that's, that's really, that's really, really good. I love that. So you're doing all the things you're doing the SEO, you're doing the podcast, you've got lead magnets, you're paying proud mouth um, a fair amount of cashola to keep you out front and center and doing all of the things. How do you actually measure the success of all of these different areas? Like, how do you know where to really put your time, energy, and education? Yeah. So the, the podcasting specifically is very hard to measure. Um, and yet, cause that's really on the branding side of it. Like this is, this is educating people. It's getting out the messages of, 
of who we are and what we do. So that's, that's difficult to measure. But one way I like to measure it is I want to, I want to spend enough on my marketing that I grow and the percent of my revenue that I'm spending on marketing, I want to grow by more than that. And so my, my goal with, um, growing is 26% a year. And that's my goal for, for growing. And I'm wanting to spend about 10 to 15% on marketing. So if I spend 10 to 15% on marketing and my growth rate is more than 10 to 15%, that's a success. Now you can get down to, and you should get down to very more detailed. Uh, for example, I, I purchase leads online and I'll be spending like $150 a lead from places like smart assets, you know, smart investor, wiser advisor, you know, there's so many places that are out there. And when I spend that dollar amount, I want to keep track of how many people do I talk to? How many people book an appointment? How many people become clients? And what's the revenue that comes out of that? Um, those people that become clients. And my, my goal at the minimum is to break even in the first year. And so if I spend 10 grand in a very tactical, you know, lead purchasing area, then the recurring revenue ought to be at least $10,000 coming from that. And when it's not, you need to reevaluate. So I'm um, actually in a few podcasts talking about how great smart asset uh, is. It was phenomenal for me for four years. And then the last nine months, it has not been hitting the numbers because I keep a track of this quarterly, keeping track of it monthly. And so we're, we're tweaking some things. Hopefully we're trying to dial in to where if we can tweak some things, it'll become profitable again. Uh, but for four plus years, it was two X. If I spent 10 grand on buying the leads it was about 20,000 a year of recurring revenue that would come back in. And now it's like, if I spend 10 grand on the leads, it's, it's dropped down to where I'm not, I'll never break even at least that's the last nine months. And so uh, this is a signal that I need to adjust some things and perhaps stop using that, that area. So I'm not saying that smart ass is bad. It's not <laughs> working for me the last nine months. And that means I need to need to adjust and perhaps stop it and, and go somewhere else. And yes. I am looking and exploring another place, some uh, webinars that uh, group, someone uh, referred me to them and they were getting four to five X on their investment. So they were spending the 10 grand and getting 40 to 50,000 a year in recurring revenue. That looks like a phenomenal return on investment because you're more than breaking even the first year. Uh, four to five X is, is pretty good. And so now I just started uh, looking at that and guess what we'll be doing. We'll be measuring uh, that, that return on investment. Yeah. I love that. That saying, if it's measured, it's managed, right. Yes. And you actually have to like do the measuring and take, I can't tell you how many mm -hmm. times I talk to advisors and I'm like, okay, let's talk about your marketing funnel. And like, where are you seeing it fall apart? Like what's broken? And it's like, wait, what, uh -huh. how, how am I supposed to know? Like, and it's funny. Cause I, I have a very strong opinion that marketing really isn't part of your budget because it's actually an, like a generating side of your business. Right. So yep. I think people initially look at those dollar amounts that you're throwing out as like a, oh, Holy smokes, he's spending 10 grand a year on this. He's mm -hmm. spending $750 a month on this. He's spending as opposed to he's investing with a very specific ROI goal attached to that marketing effort. Right. Yeah. I've probably spent 300 grand of marketing in the last three years. And my revenue went from 565 to this year should be about 1.25. Like I spent 300 grand once and now my revenue is like double that. What's, yeah. you know, the, the increase is double that on a recurring basis. That's, that's a wise investment. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for, for being so uh, open and transparent and sharing that. That's, that's I gotta really be a share off. I claimed it. Yeah. yeah. The, hey, you know, that's right. That's right. So I like that. I, I love that. And if people don't know much about tracking their marketing, 
Um, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to say, listen to episode 14. It's maybe, maybe a little bit of a Ted talk, but it's on <laughs> tracking your ROI and making sure that you really understand where your marketing funnel is working, not working and when it needs to be tweaked. So, um, it's really just part of that, like stepping into that CEO role of your practice and really managing it and, and doing all of the things that, you know, business owners do. I know advisors often feel so overwhelmed in that day-to-day that they're really literally just handling what's in front of their nose at that moment. And, um, you know, it, we need to create that margin. We need to create that time in the, in the calendar to really oversee the business, like a, a CFO or a CEO or whatever role it is that you'd want to, to share. So, okay. Sorry. I digress. I get very passionate about people not tracking stuff. I believe it. <laughs> But I'm a, you know, I'm a science girl by background. So tracking spreadsheets, those are kind of my, my thing, probably not to the extent that, now, did you go to school for finance? Like is your no, degree? I think we've talked about this previously. Oh, yeah, that's right. What is your degree in? So I'm, I'm a physics major. Uh, and I'll give a quick story about that is I graduated in 2002 and of course, you know, September 11th and, and things happened in the economy so that a whole lot of jobs were not available, uh, around that time. But I interviewed to do some finance job at T. Rowe Price in Baltimore. And at the end of the interview, the lady kind of like closed her book and she said, okay, it was nice meeting you. I just have to ask you something. Everyone that interviewed was a finance major. You're a physics major. What are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, well, can you tell me a little bit more about the job? And she said, what do you mean? I'm like, just tell me like, what does the job entail? She said, okay, well, you, you look at a whole bunch of data, you plug in a spreadsheet and you... Uh, detect patterns with it. So what do you think scientists do? They gather a whole lot of data, they put in a spreadsheet and they detect patterns and draw conclusions. I'm sorry, but all the finance people are not qualified. That's all I've been doing the last four years. And she she was right on. I mean, that's just, that's, that's how, uh, that's a connection, I suppose. Okay. So I completely forgot that you were a physics major. I, I, I did not remember that. So that's, that's something else that we have in common, but I have a feeling like you maybe got way better grades than I did. So, all right. So you said you had three tactics that you wanted to share with advisors before we wrap up here. So would you be willing to share kind of three very specific, these three specific marketing things? Do you remember what you said? You got it. Yeah. So the first one is to stop marketing until you go through the branding process first, which is brand message market. Branding is who you are and who you serve. Message is what do you say to who you serve? And then you market, which is how do you find who you serve? So that's the first one. The second one is to go to moz.com, moz.com, sign up for their Moz local package so that you can control and get all the information out there on Google Maps, Apple Maps, Yelp.com, all these places. So that it's pointing correctly to your website, that it's telling people and Google what is it you do and how they can get a hold of you. And then the, the third thing is to, if you control your website, hopefully you do, where stop using home and about us, who we are uh, in your title tags, especially uh, you can go in there and adjust it so easily. And the quickest way to do that is to think of where are, where are you? Like I'm in Milwaukee, Milwaukee's in that title tag. And what do you do? retirement and financial advisor. So Milwaukee retirement and financial advisor is what I use in my title tags or some variation on that. So there, there you go. Go update your title tags. That's number three. 
Okay. So Jeremy just saved you like, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks. Great. Hopefully. Thank you for yep. that. And something else to add on to that, um, you know, that I've been learning is about backlinks and how important mm-hmm. backlinks are to SEO. So for listeners that don't know what a backlink is, it's basically when another website, um, social media podcast, wherever links your website, it helps Google recognize that, okay, not only are they this reputable brands, like Jeremy was talking about they're you know, consistent in all these different locations, but now other brands or other companies are actually talking about this person and referencing their website within their website media, whatever, and they're linking the website. So Google really likes that. It makes it very happy when other people are talking about you. So if you're an advisor and you are guest blogging or or putting an effort to have other people mention you, um, produce your content or cop, you know, use your content going on podcast. And, you know, so I'll be certainly backlinking Jeremy in the show notes here. All of that contributes to that algorithm that moves you up the line. Cause really when someone's typing in Milwaukee financial planner, they're not going to page 10 to find the planner that they're looking for. They're really going to stay on those first couple of pages. So that's kind of another little, uh, hot tip of something that I have learned here in the last there you go. year or so. That's action item number four. And I'll is tell you it? the quickest, <laughs> easiest way uh, to do that is join your chamber of commerce, join the better business bureau, things like that. Just local organizations even sponsor your local uh, football team for a hundred bucks. They'll often throw their sponsor list on there. And so just Google your city. So just Google Milwaukee and whatever's starting to pop up uh, towards the front, especially if it's some sort of association page or a nonprofit that accepts sponsorships, pay to be a part of the organization or to sponsor them. And they'll be backlinking uh, out to you. Okay. I love that. Oh, and you know what? I wanted you to share a little bit about what you called the Google juice test. Oh yes. Uh, the Google juice test on there. Uh, so you gotta be on Google Chrome. I'm going to kind of do it like while I'm, uh, uh, talking here. So you want to be on Google Chrome, find a place that has a website, especially one that uh, maybe links back to you or just anything. So look for your, you know, look for your chamber of commerce, right? So go to your chamber of commerce. Cause maybe you're not a, a, on there yet, but I, they probably have at least one other member. And that one other member probably links out to uh, their website. So go to their their link. You got to be in Google Chrome, go to their link and right click on the link. And it's going to pull up with a lot of options. One of them is called inspect. And what you're looking for is you don't want the term no follow. So if there's nothing on there, or maybe it says some other things, these are all like really in-depth, you know, programming language stuff, but the one you're looking for is no follow. If it says no follow, then that website is telling Google, don't bother counting this as a backlink. And so you could be spending money joining an association or sponsoring a place, and it's not helping you out any on the, on the Google, uh, I call it Google link juice. A backlink <laughs> just gives you some, some Google juice that uh, moves you up the, uh, up the rankings. So that's how you do it. So use Google Chrome, right click, uh, right click on the link and you'll look for the word inspect and then it'll pull up some like uh, HTML code stuff. I have no idea what it says other than it'll be pointing to uh, that website. And if it says no follow, that means that uh, the website's telling Google that the link, uh, just ignore the link and you're not going to get any uh, Google link juice out of that. So that's how you make sure that the money you're spending is is worthwhile if that's what you're spending the money for is to get the, the link back. 
Okay. That's fantastic. Thank you for, I, I love me a good, like very specific, <laughs> very specific thing people can do. So, okay. I know we need to wrap up, but before we do, I always like to ask my guests just to share maybe two things, whether it's like a, a practice, a software, a tool, a template, a mindset hack, I don't care, whatever that you have found that you use that has helped you work more efficiently or more effectively in your business. Uh, efficiently and effectively, I'd say, uh, yeah, the two things, one is Calendly. And so you can use Calendly so easily to, to book all your meetings and, and it'll send out the link to zoom. It'll send out directions to your, your, um, your office. It'll, uh, you can put in there exactly what your hours are that you want to work. Uh, and so that's just a perfect thing to use is, is Calendly. So stop booking your own appointments, uh, use Calendly. And then I guess in the vein of stop booking your appointments, I have an executive assistant uh, for the last year and a half. And I don't know how I can do the things that I do right now without that executive assistant. It's so, so helpful to have somebody that's managing your email inbox, that's managing your calendar, and then they can go beyond with a lot of things. But that's the, that's the beginning point is your email inbox and your calendar that they, they manage on your behalf. So I heard automate and delegate. That's it. I love it. Okay. So I'll link everything that you mentioned in the show notes today. Um, how can listeners connect with you and take in your content? Yeah, you can go to kylefp.com, K-E-I-L-F-P.com, and that'll have um, connections to everything, connections to the podcast, connections to the uh, the video course that we do, uh, things like that. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you. This has been super helpful. I know every advisor on the planet covers, you know, covets the holy grail that is a referral. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know this podcast is going to, really challenge a lot of advisors to step up their marketing game in a pretty meaningful way. So thank you so much for being here. You are an absolute gift. Um, and I honestly, I hope my one takeaway for you is that you should try to make some just margin in your calendar coming up to try to get a few more designations. All right. I'll I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Libby. Okay. So what I hear and take away in this episode And, you know, we kind of went from referrals to marketing, but overall, what I hear is you need to have a clear brand, a clear message and be actively and consistently marketing And by marketing or by be marketing. You have to have content that makes it easy for your ideal clients to find you and also super easy for your clients to refer you. And you want to be downright impressive when you're referred and have a true nurture sequence. And what Jeremy told me before we hit record is that he spends 10% of his time directly on marketing. And that's addition in addition to the vendors that he uses to actually facilitate some of that marketing. So it's really important that the CEO of the business keeps their hand in the marketing functions to make sure it is fully executing the vision and the clear brand and speaking in the voice of your brand. And I wanted to share this with you guys because I heard this and thought this was just super duper cool. And I'm going to do a future episode where I kind of break down each of these parts. But um, author Alan Dibb described marketing in the most simple jargon-free term I've ever heard. So, okay, it goes like this. If the circus is coming to town and you paint a sign saying, circus is coming to showgrounds on Saturday... That's advertising. If you put the sign on the back of an elephant and walk it into town, that's promotion. If the elephant walks through the mayor's flower bed and the local newspaper writes a story about it, that's publicity. 
And if you get the mayor to laugh about it, that's public relations. And if the town's citizens go to the circus, you show them the many entertainment booths, explain how much fun they'll have spending money at the booths, answer their questions, and ultimately they spend a lot of money at the circus, that's sales. And what I love is this. And if you planned the whole thing, that, my friends, is marketing. Yep, it's as simple as that. So, you know, as a result, we often get, you know, shiny object syndrome as advisors, and we're trying to do all of these different, what I would call like the actual tactics of marketing. Um, And we sometimes lose sight of the overall strategy. So I think it's important to kind of understand the difference and the nuance between strategy and then the actual tactics that you want to implement. So I think where Jeremy started was, you know, here's my overall market. Here's my message. Here's my brand. And then it's clear that he has an overall strategy and then has all of these tactics to back up that strategy. And we're going to spend some more time. We did March Marketing Madness. So if you want to go back and listen to all those episodes about marketing and different tactics that different advisors are using that were Those were all examples of crazy and expensive marketing strategies and tactics. Um, But go back and take a listen to those and just know that I am going to be focusing a lot on this in the next coming months of really helping you break down very specific tactics like the ones Jeremy mentioned today that help you pop on SEO and help you have a nurture sequence and help you have all of these things that you want to have in place to support that overall marketing strategy or, you know, what I would call marketing vision. Okay. So I know you need to get back to work and I understand you're busy, busy. So I just want to wrap up and say, thank you for listening. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, it would mean so, so much to me to uh, see a written review on Apple Podcasts from you, or even if you just like it and give it some stars. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me get the podcast out there to more advisors. And I just simply love reading your comments and feedback. Um, it is just so awesome knowing that I've been even a tiny part of a journey for anyone. And knowing that you guys are actually like implementing and having impact in your business from the podcast is so incredibly meaningful. So if you could do that for me, I would super duper greatly appreciate it. And I'd love to hang out with you in the Efficient Advisor community on Facebook. And I hang out even more on LinkedIn. So I'd love to connect with you there too. All of the things Jerry may mentioned are going to be in the show notes, along with the link to the Efficient Advisor community and my LinkedIn. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you next Tuesday.